How's everybody doing? And we're back! Hope everybody just heard that. I know John's not hearing <laughs> it, so we'll see how it goes in the in the final minutes. I heard the beginning of it. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. It's been a while. It um, has been a while. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you, John, in particular, attempted to listen to the previous show at all? Uh, no, I didn't get to. Okay, I threw a extra bonus in there if anybody was willing to kind of stick around and listen uh i took Uh i took an episode of no agenda that is kind of their uh episode that's best for people to listen to to learn the podcast and smashed it on the end and then made sure to put stuff in the show notes so like hey if you enjoyed that bonus go send those guys some sats nice so i also put a question in the show notes to see if anybody was even just reading them Oh, wow. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Nothing yet. Okay. I mean, you know, still early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, what you drinking? What are we drinking tonight, boys? I have uh, Dragon's Milk Crimson Keep. Uh, this is from a brewery uh, in Michigan. Uh, Jason Court brought it to me. It, okay. Yeah, so it's a red ale aged in a bourbon barrel. I uh, haven't nice. tried it yet, so here goes for the first week. Ooh. Yeah, you drink too many of those, that'll put you on your hind end. That's good, though. It's, it's like basically liquor, right? Yeah, you can really taste the bourbon. So, <laughs> but that's that's good. That's good. You know, typically you have a red L, you don't you don't get anything like that. So the fact that it came out of a bourbon barrel, that's a nice change. Nice. I'm drinking the uh world's oldest brewery, Via Stefaner. Yeah. Gotta love that. Um I'm, I'm impressed that you could pronounce premium. it. Premium. Well, I tried a few times. I don't actually know if that's a I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Anybody here know how to say Worcestershire sauce? I mean, (laughs) we're all just butchering it. But I've actually had this beer quite a few times, and I like it. It is a milder, um, blonder beer, and it's it's perfect for those not laying down on your backside after the end of it. (laughs) Yes, so we'll see how I hold up throughout the show. Yeah, cheers. Mm, that tastes good. That's good. Yes. I'll go slow on this I'm going to have to try one of those red keeps now. Uh, I haven't keeps now. seen this one in Tyler, uh, but Fresh does well, no, have I'm, I'm, the uh, the stout. And I've had that before. This stout's yeah. pretty good, too. Okay. So. All right. Well, everybody, it's New Year. New show. New Year. 2024. Yeah. Yeah, I've already heard people joking. Well, I've already screwed up. So 2025 is my year. <laughs> so. I can't. I can't say I haven't screwed up yet, but um, I'm. I'm doing better in 2024 than I was in 2023. Holy cow, that was a rough one. Yeah, I'm. I'm not prepared to say that it can't get any worse. Because mm. it seems like every year just keeps finding a new way to say hold my beer. 
So yeah, right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off on that, and we'll see what 2024 has in store. Yeah, for sure. I'm I, I'm looking forward to it. I I think that it has the potential um, to, if I'll just let it come to me, as opposed to trying to, you know, muscle my way through it. Maybe maybe this will be a better year, but. You know, in the in the, um, I guess, way of the the new year, I'm I'm praying blessings over your year for sure. So. <laughs> yes, yeah. Hopefully, we finally get this thing figured out. And worst case scenario, I guess we'll we'll have to go back to doing the shows. I guess. Well, I, I say worst case, but. It comes down to it we'll just go back to where we did the first show because yeah. it worked like a champ yeah i did seems like everything works a little bit easier when everybody's in the in the same location same room so yeah <laughs> so so in going through this i would have to say that some of the shows that i listen to they do a great job of making this remote piece look easy yeah what is that yeah they're just better at this than we are yeah, i guess when you do it for a living and you have yeah, that's the other part. Neither one of us is getting paid for this. Correct. There's no no paid. We're using our own gear. We're not Chad Larches, and we're not formally trained. No, so, not formally trained. Yeah, we're informally trained. Informally, that's correct. Um, yeah, I actually, man, I almost bought some gear this December at the end of the year. I guess. Um, I just I'm I'm realizing more and more like the the majority of what I do is just me. And I want to be able to, you know, you know, like part of me wants to have a roadcaster or like the uh probably the duo or something mm -hmm. like that. Um we've joked about the streamer and things like that, but you know, at the end of the day it might just make better sense for me to get like a really high-end USB-C mic and stop messing with half of what I'm doing. But I just always want a little more control. Absolutely. I know if if I was buying now, I probably would buy the Duo because it has everything yeah. that this Roadcaster has, just minus mm -hmm. the two channels, and that wouldn't hurt me one bit. No. And there's been a lot of, like, it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't know if you've kept up with the... Uh, the X, the road, road X stuff yeah. that they're, that they're doing. Like they're not the only ones, but just as an example, because we were talking about roadcaster, um, this idea of, Oh no, we're, we're, we're going to look at the solo podcaster or the streamer real hard and say like, if we can put everything in the roadcaster on a software and you just plug in your USB-C like that, that's pretty attractive to be able to do all of that. Um, like, you know, you're, you're running your, from one computer, you're still only using one computer, right? Yep. You're running your, your voice in through the roadcaster, but then you're also running audio from your computer into the roadcaster and then back out to the um, computer, at least the ones that I can hear then for me to be able to hear them. And so there's there's like there's extra hurdles inside of that where they're saying like no I can actually 
and it actually works better. <clears throat> Chris, this works better on Windows machines than it does on Macs mm. because uh, Windows has that um, the ability to split audio out um, inside of uh, per app. Yes. What's going to it and what's not. Whereas Mac has held on to that control because that's Apple. Um, do it, do it our way is their motto. Yeah. Now with road, I think they're calling, they're still calling that software unity. Is that correct? Yeah. They, so it started out as a, um, windows only, um, piece of software, but now they've got a Mac version. I think there was, it may be out of beta. I, I don't think it's in beta anymore. Um, but I've got it on this machine. I've messed with it a little bit. Um, and it's it's very nice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any hesitation recommending it uh, for people that are like, you know what, that's a two, or what is the the duo, I think, is it 500? Or is uh, it 600? No, yeah, I think it is five. I it's amazing that I think how it's close five it for is the duo. It's price. like seven or eight for the full roadcaster. Yes, and the stream is only like or is the the stream X streamer X it's streamer X. Um, that's that's another. I think it's three hundred or something. Three fifty now. Yep, and it's like that's just a lot of money. Um, so if you're if you're like, hey, I found this USB C mic that I really like. Which I'm telling you, like they've got the XDM100 and the XCM, and again, I'm just talking about Rode. There's plenty of others, um, but the the XDM I think is 250, so that's a savings in itself. And then the XCM, which is a condenser mic, but it still sounds like, I mean, I say it still sounds really good. Condenser condenser mic sounds really good. But when I heard it, I didn't hear a lot of other room noise around it. Um, so that made me think maybe it could be just as good. I'm really partial to dynamic microphones. Um, but that's me. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you noticed, I've gone back to mine. I'm not on the the Lewitt tonight to see if it helps Lewitt with some anymore. of the, the background pickup. But, I mean, the Lewitt is amazing. The sound quality... I, I love it. Um, yeah. I just need a... It's hard to get away from that. Like, once you've heard that, like, really crisp, sparkle, like, clear, clarity that comes from, you know, these condenser microphones, they're they're addictive. And that's oh, yeah. why, you know, you can easily spend thousands of dollars on a condenser microphone. Yep. I need a, a dedicated room that has sound treatment on the walls and the ceiling. Yeah. And then I can go back to the Lewitt full time. Yeah, we all we all need that. The little booth. You seen those uh portable recording booths that are like just around your head? <laughs> I haven't seen that. Um I've seen where you can buy basically a booth and it's kinda like three foot by maybe four foot and you actually have a door. So you can kind of walk in and shut the door and you're inside of a, a mini mm -hmm. a mini sound booth. I know some folks use those for doing a voice voiceover from home. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen those. We just bought uh, at the church. We just bought a, a full drum enclosure, so it is intense. That is 
It is a, the box that it came in was more engineered than most things that I've dealt with. Yeah. It was ridiculous, but it's going to be really good. You know, that sound Absolutely. isolation is important. Yeah, they'll definitely have to make sure they keep uh, good cans on their ears so they don't go deaf extra fast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I almost bought my, or brought my custom molds for use today, but. Yeah, I forgot them. Nah, no big deal. No big deal. All right, well, for tonight, came up with an idea to yeah. talk about trends that we're seeing, um, AVIT. Uh, some of yeah. those may be good. Some of those may be bad. Um, mm -hmm. So any fellow employees that are listening, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be to be bad. I'm just sharing some opinion. No. And it doesn't mean that it reflects yeah. on you in any way. <laughs> so get that full disclosure choose, out there. As my mother would say, choose not to be offended. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so I'm going to lead with the big one and yeah, go for it. that is going to be for me that's ai and the whole chat gpt mm -hmm. it has its places we we've we've actually sure. used it um for for basically scripting it's perfect for that okay. you don't have a background in scripting and you're looking for a little help chat gpt is a great way to go now, odds are they're scraping somebody's coat that they spent a lot of time and effort into. And then yeah. I get all the benefit without any of the, the work or knowing who did it. So you can't even give credit to wherever credit is due. But the scripting that you get back from it is top notch. Uh, it's really yeah. saved us quite a bit when, when we've needed it. Whether that's PowerShell script, Bash shell, um, it's it's great. I was about to ask if you were using Bash or what, but yeah, yeah, we have both since we have Mac Mac and PC. So, um, oh PC, yeah, PC's better. <laughs> PC for the win. Uh, so my kids have asked about it for schoolwork, and that's where things start to get okay. a little kind of hairy, and it's like. Yeah, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's one thing if you're stuck on ma like a math problem and you're looking mm -hmm. for a solution. Yeah, it can give it can get you stuff like that, but you're not going to actually see how it's being solved. And we're constantly hearing stories about people using it to write papers and getting mm -hmm. exposed for the, the whole paper being chat GPT. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've, they, you're going to have to all, all, always deal with that. And mm -hmm. the most recent one that I actually heard on a podcast is somebody had given feedback to a developer and the feedback was, was a little harsh. Um, and they ran it through chat GPT and said, make this sound friendly. And it did an amazing Ooh. job of taking what was somebody just kind of bashing your app is horrible. I'm not going to use it. These things don't work and made it really nice and soft. And a little a, more constructive. Yeah. Where a developer could 
take it and go, okay, yeah, the, the, those are good points. You're not just destroying my app. So that <laughs> that was interesting to see. They did it in real time. They they found yeah. the post, copy paste, and said, make this sound friendly. And then they read it off right there on the show. Wow. So it it has its use cases. Um, so I have a friend who's in higher education. <clears throat> okay. And he really is, uh, like, he's he's not just teaching in um, a university, but he is uh, actively involved in teaching trends and trying to figure out best best practices when it comes to a lot of things. And as you can imagine, this is a big deal in universities and stuff like that. He had um, a take that I did not actually see coming. He was like, I don't think this kind of AI is going away. What we have to do as educators, especially as college educators, is teach our students how to use the tools that they have the most effective. And so he was saying, teach them how to use ChatGPT in the best way that they can. And I was like, now that, like, that's, that's tough on me because I remember having to write 50 page papers and not enjoying that and you're telling me somebody could do a 50 page paper with chat gbt with less effort because they don't have to come up with exactly the words and the phrasing and all that stuff they just kind of have to give an outline of what they want it to be and he was like yes i think that that is kind of the nature of an evolving tool market you don't ask uh, a mechanic anymore if they can um, redo the, you know, the timing on the spark pl or the timing on the, oh my gosh, <laughs> now I'm blanking on names. Timing chain? Uh, Cam chain? Well, the, uh, the, no, I was thinking more the, um, rotor. <sighs> Holy crap. Yeah. The, the rotor with the, um, the old school you know, rotor, rotor cap and button. There you go. Trying to, trying to get that to, to, to sing that way because the cars aren't made that way anymore. They're made a different way. And I was like, I, I, it's hard for me to like get over that because it feels like such an injustice that, you know, they don't have to do what I had to do. But that's also kind of the nature of everything inside of progress. We are in fact talking to each other through this computer. a different world it is it is and i'm sure the people who had to uh, only use a library were frustrated when people had encyclopedias to use and i'm sure both mm -hmm. of those people were frustrated as eventually you had computers that you could use oh man and then we, now I, with i don't want to like give away ages too much but i'm telling you when I was writing when I was writing papers, we weren't allowed to use uh, internet sources, anything that was googled or anything, because they were not reputable. Yep. you could not like not it. You got to go find it in the library. And oh my gosh! Yeah, it, it's amazing what can be done with ChatGPT, and I don't like that they call it AI. 
it's really not artificial yeah. intelligence. They're really large language models. And so you're basically mm -hmm. giving it all the pieces that it needs. You're just coming up with the prompting for it to give you mm -hmm. what it wants and the structure that you're looking for. So mm -hmm. AI is a little bit of a, a misnomer there. Um, it's almost, almost skip logic in a way, more so than AI. Mm. Um, I'm a hardliner when it comes to AI. To me, artificial intelligence, I guess basically I'm talking to chat GPT. The large language model is purely the English language. And mm -hmm. it starts coming off. And it, I guess even within that, it's going to still be limited in what it can do. But when it starts coming up with things that are not in the model, okay, now we're talking AI. Something has happened. It's mm -hmm. it's pulling information that it doesn't have, shouldn't have. So, something is learning. Something is... We're, we're basically Skynet at that point, and we're all in trouble. Uh, that's not coming anytime soon. Uh, don't, don't talk to Cody about his time in... Vegas this past time. There's uh, a scary video. Okay. I will, <laughs> I will have to ask him about that. I'd, I'd, yeah. love, to, I'd love to know. Um, you just, I mean, there, there may have been a robotic personage that was making eye contact with people and then asking them where they were from and then based on that, asking them what they like to do and then talking about how they of course like to do that because there's so, so many islands around where they live and, you know, having a conversation that I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. somebody pulled that plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, but again, that's all happening through large language model. So they're, you, you've basically, again, it has all of the the knowledge that it needs to carry on a conversation, which is why it can write you a 50-page paper and it makes sense. It's mm -hmm. when it starts skipping out into things that it has no knowledge of. That's where we've gone, artificial intelligence. That's when we have a problem. So as long as it's returning things that are solely based off of the model that it's running... It's just running in loops. It knows how to structure because it's all it's all baked into the model. So that's why mm -hmm. I say to me, I don't see it as AI. AI is when mm. these things start learning things that we haven't given them. Mm. Now, I, I have no doubt that it's probably creepy to be looking at a robot and having a conversation. And it sounds like exactly it knows exactly what it's talking about as if it's seen these things, experienced these things. And I'm sure that mm -hmm. is creepy as all get out, especially when it looks like a human being. Yeah. I mean, with the eye contact and everything, that was, that's messed up. Yeah. That makes me start thinking know. of, uh, was it, um, the most recent version of Blade Runner? Yeah. Kind of getting into, into, into that level. Yikes. So I, I agree. Yeah, GPT is a trend for sure. Oh yeah, it's not going anywhere. Um, there's, of course, now 
Elon has jumped in the game with Gronk or whatever it is he's calling mm-hmm. his version of it. Um, I don't know that I share his vision of AI is going to kill us all. I mean, I could I could be completely wrong, and he ends up being right in the end, but it just doesn't seem like we're anywhere, anywhere near close that. to there. Yeah, and I never interpreted scripture to be, oh hey, watch out for the AI. Hmm. So. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've read that. No. No. Unless there is some newfangled interpretation that I am not aware of. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, AI is not going anywhere. The whole concept of it. Um, I'd be curious to see how long this train can go because all previous iterations and attempts at AI, it kind of peaked and it fell apart. Um, so mm. I'll be curious to see how long, how long this lasts or what potentially is going to potentially replace it as it starts to fade away. Because mm-hmm. there's always going to be the next thing. Always. That's, it's, I mean, you know, we talk about trends. There's nothing actually new under the sun. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. So it, it's just a loop like you were talking about yep. with stuff like this. It all repeats itself because I guess it was 60s for some of the first iteration of AI. Mm-hmm. And then it came back in the 80s. And then now it's back again. And we've seen... I remember in the 80s, it was kind of like, oh, no, like this isn't a thing. And yeah. so there was there was, there was was a lot of like buildup and then it just disappeared. Yep. Like it wasn't, like we weren't, we're nowhere close. Yep. So VR is another great example of that cycle. Yeah, you know, they keep trying to bring it back and bring it back and bring it back. You know, they're really trying to ride that train now. Um, it's interesting. It's fun. It's it's actually not bad for games. It feels yeah. it feels very immersive. Um, but I just don't think people want to live in a VR environment all day long. Now, there may there may be some, but the vast no, majority of people, it's it's not. You know, it's it's not going to be like Ready Player One. No, I and I, I I like that they've that they've started doing the or focusing more on the augmented reality instead of just virtual reality. Yes, the idea that you can you can adapt what you're seeing. Um, I'm I'm actually pretty excited about um, Apple's headset when it comes to that. If not, I'm I'm not going to own one. But like, if if that if that pushes anything forward in terms of um, research and everything like that, I I like that idea. I like the idea that um, like (laughs) I I laugh, my my wife and her sister have recently picked up um, Pokemon Go. So it's really funny when we're driving in the car and I hear my wife say, slow down. I need to catch this. (laughs) Um, Now that um, was a great example. I think of augmented reality when that game released Yes, and seeing on the news of all things, people swarming all over towns, staring Mm -hmm. at the world through their phone and just kind of like, it was, it was crazy to see, but again, 
a great example of augmented reality. I like the concept of augmented reality, uh, whether you're at a art museum, a history museum, um, you're at a, um, a civil war, uh, location where a, a battle went on, um, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to augment what you're seeing, to get yeah. that extra information, to get that extra detail. Um, uh, I really love the idea of that. I don't know that that's quite catching on, but I, I certainly love the, the, the idea of that far better than virtual reality. There was a trend about 10 years ago, um, in worship, um, centers in worship, um, I guess it was 10 years ago. It may have been early or later than that. Um, but, uh, the idea was a lot of, um, churches were using multi-purpose or just really blank can canvas, um, areas for worship. You know, this is also doubling as a basketball goal or basketball court, or it's just really blank. Like it's a black box studio and we have, you know, these cream colored walls or whatever is a lot of things painted black and a lot of sound treatment and different things like that. And they started doing this thing. I'm sure you remember at least part of this. Um, where they would bring in projectors um, and project all over. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember, gosh, it was, it must have been longer than 10 years ago whenever it was first, like, being a thing, because I remember then going to Disney World with my wife, and they were projecting things on the castles yeah, um, for, like, the big shows and everything like that. And I was like, wow, like, this is, everybody is, like, catching on to, things like this and uh, uh, catching on like there was whatever. I, this is a thing for a lot more people. Um, than I think I realized at the time that if you can, if you can augment your reality um, in one way or another, you know, I think in my mind I had always considered at that point, any, anything augmented reality would be through like a, you know, Google lens or mm -hmm. whatever it was. Um, or, or something like that. I kind of saw that as the future, but the idea of, of just using a projector behind people to make the area around us be able to transport us into a different frame of mind. Um, I really enjoy things like that because I think that we... neglect especially us you know sitting here in front of computers all day long you and i have a lot of that same like <clears throat> excuse me our job requires that we really be on a screen and really be whatever and there's there's a posture of sitting and you know maybe you get a stand desk or something like that where you can go in between but so much of your doing is right here and mm -hmm. you know maybe if you're lucky you have multiple screens but <clears throat> the idea that that's not really a human behavior to sit for that long and to um, look at um, pixels for that long, that it's, it's better, our, our brains function better if we can be 
in an environment and manipulate with all of our senses. Um, that there's a, you know, not to get too granola about it, but the that there's this this sense that you you actually have all of these senses to be used and not just um, for your um, consumption of things. Correct. Um, and that's that's intense. Like it gets it gets real real quick when you start to realize how how important it is. Um, and so that's kind of a funny thing to talk about when you're talking about um, an augmented reality because you are manipulating um, your senses in a way and and not making not like it's not real. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm having a hard time getting that out of my throat. Um, but I think it's still an important difference. <clears throat> Man, we have to Sorry, get you man. a cough button. Yeah, I don't. It's not going away. That's rough. Like it just yeah. kind of came over me. Yeah, you were. <clears throat> I mean, I edit this part out. I'm gonna start crying. <clears throat> what need, did I do? You need some water. Beer. Beer. There you go. That's always the answer. Yeah. So you were talking about projection. I don't know if it, they still do no. it. Um, but Central Baptist, I don't know if you've visited their scene. They do yeah, projection behind uh, the band during the, the worship mm -hmm. section. Um, mm -hmm. And so we, we had visited there because that's where my in-laws uh, mm -hmm. go. And that's the first time I'd ever seen it. In person, it wasn't anything crazy, anything over the top. It was just yeah. it was really kind of meant to just kind of blend in to to the worship service. Uh, mm -hmm. And they even got to where they went and painted the walls back there white, so they can get mm -hmm. the the, the projection up. What, yeah, what they were wanting to do. So yeah, that was yeah. the first time I'd ever seen that in a in a church service. Yeah, before. I'm a big fan of that. I think I think that that's a that's a good use of, of that type of technology and that type of space. And, <clears throat> you know, there's all kinds of, when, when we talk about worship centers, worship rooms, what we used to call sanctuaries, um, there's a lot of hangups with, with technology. Um, and I, I feel like uh, you're kind of missing the point in a, in a way that, you know, I, I grew up in during worship wars that, uh, you know, you can't, you were either a hymn singing church or you were a contemporary church or, yep. you know, you're not supposed to, this one's bad or this one's good or this one is, you know, better for this. Or this one is, you know, you're just singing those 7-Eleven songs. Like all of the cliches yep. bouncing around in my head. Um, and I had really level-headed parents. So um, I got to see the... Um, you know, as a kid, I definitely had a preference, <laughs> um, but I got to see so much value in the other side um, because of the way that my parents interacted with me and with music in general. And so um, I, I feel like that has allowed me to be more <clears throat> 
platform agnostic with so many things when it comes to uh, how you do what you do. Um, and I think that that's like, that's an important thing to, to be able to learn. Does this, does this help someone? Does this make this better for someone? I mean, you look at the, you know, a child in a worship service or in, you know, at Disney World. Let's just talk about Disney World. <clears throat> they are immediately transported. You go to like oh, yeah. uh, the Peter Pan ride or something like that, and it's super low tech, but they're, you know, they're they're actually projecting um, expressions onto the faces of the, you know, dolls in that ride and stuff like that and and kind of creating motion because of it. And it's the child is like, oh, I'm I'm there, like I'm in the movie. This is happening. Oh, yeah. I am I am actually that is actually Captain Hook. I can tell because I recognize the way that he's doing his face like that. And it's like those things, I think, are are trigger points in in all of us. And being able to use all of that in a way that isn't just sensory overload, but is actually Helping, I think, is a it's a tough line. I'm not going to pretend like it's an easy thing to do. Um, I'm not going to pretend like you can't overdo it or make things so ridiculous that they are distracting. But it's also going to be a different line for so many people. So not not easy. Yeah, yeah. I think I would love. To go yeah. just to see the Star Wars piece that Disney has, without going um, on too much of I, a tangent, I wouldn't want it to be Disney Star Wars. I want George Lucas Star Wars, but I think it sure. would be an amazing experience. So I will tell you, we got to we got to go this past summer again. I'm I, my uh, best like uh, is being able to see things through through my kids' eyes. Like, that is that is the best. But when we walked into the Star Wars, like, area of... Um, not Hollywood's... Yeah, Hollywood Studios. When we walked into that area, like, I was transported. I was a little kid. Like, I actually experienced it. Because it's not, you know, like, there there's plenty that's the new Star Wars stuff and blah, blah, blah. But just the way that they have everything looking, that it 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 is like they they did a good job with that, um, and like walking into it definitely felt like, oh no, I'm there, um, which is, I mean that was pretty cool. It's hard to <laughs> hard to not be a little bit grateful at that point. Yeah. Not that gratitude's bad. Yeah, I'm sure eventually we'll get there. I'd, I'd love to see it once just to experience it. And I have no doubt that I'll totally turn into a kid and start making lightsaber sounds and throwing yeah, out quotes. I from almost bought a helmet. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to buy an uh, X-Wing fighter helmet. Yeah. It doesn't fit my head, but I'm going to buy it. That's okay. I'll put it on my desk. Put Why it not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have room on my desk for that. You'd make room. So I do want to circle back to one thing that I just I realized I forgot to ask you on chat GPT, just to see if you're mm-hmm. hearing anything in the trends of this uh, in terms of chat GPT impacting 
Bible study and the concept mm. of chat GPT being used to try to create um, the, um, the sermon. Have you heard any, any trends in that at all? I haven't. Um, that's an interesting thing. I, I, I feel like I've got an opinion on that <laughs> pretty obviously. Um, I, I shouldn't even say obviously. I should say pretty typically have an opinion on that. Um, when it comes to a sermon, that feels, that feels really disingenuous to me. Um, because of what a sermon is supposed to be, I was just relaying information. Correct. Um, but that that is an, that is in in my mind at least a unique point. Um, a Bible study, even like, hmm. wow, that's something to think about. I haven't heard it, but that I mean, it exists. It absolutely exists because oh, yeah. it's out there. Because it's a tool that people can use, it absolutely exists. Oh yeah, and that's and that's again that's where the large language model is what would drive it all. You can literally create a model that is unique to the Bible, and any commentary or anything else that you want to throw in there, and then start yeah. asking questions, and it can just start throwing stuff back at a rate that we couldn't achieve on our, on our own in, in such a short period of time. Does mm. so didn't know if you'd heard any, any impact of that no, yet. I'm sure it's, it's out there on the, on the horizon somewhere. Yeah. And I, I would say that it's probably being used and not being advertised as being used currently. That's true. I, I mean, I can, I can almost guarantee it because there's, Money to be made. I don't want to be too cynical about that. And it's hard for me to imagine somebody using it and thinking like, oh, I'm really going to help a lot more people this way. That doesn't feel right, but, you know, feelings aren't everything. Sure. Um, I could see it being used as a shortcut too. A quick yeah. way to get to where you, you think you're trying to go. Yeah, that's rough. I know that our... uh Pastor Chris just, he's just finished a book. I, I mean, I don't know exactly where they are in the editing process, but I know that he wouldn't, uh, that's not something he would have been okay with if they had just chat GPT'd it. Well, chat GPT could write you a book though. Uh, for sure. All you got to do is work a out your prompts. A lot faster than monkeys trying to type out Shakespeare. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, all right, well, let's shift gears. And so what are trends mm -hmm. that you're seeing specifically on the, the AV front? Okay. So uh, a lot of the trends that I'm seeing on the AV front, or sorry, one of the trends that I'm seeing on the AV front, a lot of them seem to be focused around the same type of thing. Um, but um so when everything had to go mobile in uh, 2020, or not mobile, um, online in 2020, there were a lot of like quick lessons for everybody <laughs> on uh, cameras, lighting. Um, this is this is really important for you to be able to 
do really fast. And, and so, um, it kind of went big really quick. Like we gotta, we gotta do big setups. We gotta make sure that like, you know, there was the, like, obviously there was, um, we need to be able to do, um, small churches, just a, you know, camera on a, or not a camera, a phone on a tripod type things. Once you got past like that level, then it turned into like, we got to, we got to go as big as possible. We got to get the production level if, you know, again, speaking of words that are not smiled at in a, in a church setting. Um, we got to get the production level up. Um, and we got to, we got to produce something excellent. Um, and so like that, that really drove this, I think, um, People, you know, doing a whole lot of, uh, if you were going from a phone, you probably went to a PTZ. And then if you were going from a PTZ, then you probably went to like a bigger, like actual broadcast type camera. And, and, you know, there were, there were these upgrade trends that were going on. What I've been most interested by now, four years later, um, is the uh it seems like right now uh the trend is going um for gear at least the the most like advancements that we're seeing are in small sensor cameras um and especially in things like GoPro Insta360 DJI's uh Pocket Cinema um, things like that that are really like small, making one person shooting one person like you know you can talk about the like vlog setup or whatever absolutely. Um, but just that like have all 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 you need with just you, um, and I'm interested by that because it feels like like that should have been the immediate fruit of 2020 because everybody was separated. Um, and maybe it is, maybe like this has taken four years for a lot of these advancements to really hit or it, you know, they got some traction and then they've um, pulled out or, you know, pulled ahead because of this, but like image stabilization, I don't know that that would have happened. I mean, I, I know that it would have happened, but I don't know that that would have been, been as big of a deal. Um, if we hadn't had 2020 type things and right now like image stabilization that's going on with all of these different small cameras is insane. Um, but you even see it in things like, uh, in Canon, the last few cameras that Canon has put out, um, have had their big lenses on them, the RF lenses, but they're also, all of them have been APS-C, um, style have been a smaller, um, I guess more consumer driven package and you're kind of seeing that across all these different levels. I'm hearing less and less about, you know, the red Komodo. Um, I you know, Leica sure has hung in there with like their 16 megapixel, $6,000 cameras. But That's crazy. And I think Sony still has their alpha, I think is pretty big, 40 something megapixels. Mm. 
but a lot of like even the um, DSLR bodies that are more common um, or, you know, yeah, we can say more common um, are, are going for less megapixels. They're going for, um, they're really going for shutter speed. They're really going for um, the f-stop being as low as possible. And by low, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Low number, high brightness, um, or big opening, whatever you want. Anyway, um, and and that like portability factor is huge right now. So it's I mean, it, it it's also really funny because like this camera is ridiculous now, like in so many ways so it's like well obviously they're having to compete against everybody having their own camera that they didn't have to pay extra money for in their pocket so they've got to come out with these things that are making it better this is why you need this this is why you need this extra or whatever and it's like every one of these producers and I'm I guess I'm 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 thinking GoPro, Insta360, uh, DJI. There was another one. Shoot. Um, they all have multiple offerings, and they're all tweaked a little bit. Um, but it's it's they're all small. They're all tiny. Like it's all about portability. It's all about having it on you. This is the adage, like, adage, the, currently the best camera for you is the camera that you have on you. Everybody's, like, taking that to the, like, level of just clip it on you. Keep <laughs> it with you. Yeah. Pointed out all the time. Um, And it's just, like, it's, like, there's, there's a lot of use cases. You know, I don't know how many dash cams I've seen on... YouTube catching the craziest stuff. Russia's good for that. The yeah, Russian right. dash cam videos are off the charts. They really are. Um, but things like that that I I think I I was just I was expecting, and and maybe the reason that this hit home to or that I noticed this so much is that I was expecting I was expecting the opposite. I was expecting once we kind of got through the like run and gun, you need to be able to do all this by yourself phase, which it seems like we should be past that now. Um, We should have gone towards the higher stuff. But, you know, you also got to think about things like it's a down economy. Yep. Stuff like that costs more. You're getting away with selling some of these things for much more than I feel like that they should be. Correct. Um, and they'd, they'd only be making them higher priced if they were bigger sensors and things like that. So I don't know, maybe we're setting the stage again for another, like, this mm-hmm. is a big thing. Yep. Could be, could be for the next, the next big leap. Um, I know for me, what I'm seeing on the AV side is the deeper embracement of IP 
it seems like mm-hmm. all AV equipment now is becoming network connected in in some way, and and it yeah. really blurs the lines between IT and AV, and it's getting to the point where you're not having to have necessarily a dedicated network just for it. It can just flow right over top of all the other existing IP traffic that's out there. The endpoints can strip out what it is that they need and, and ignore mm-hmm. and ignore the rest. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I love that they're embracing this footprint of your network and going, yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to pull that right in and we're going to totally leverage that to make devices more accessible to pass your uh, camera footage across. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the possibilities of that. The fact that you can be just about anywhere and gain access to whatever it is that you're needing to do to troubleshoot. Um, even if you still have to VPN to your network mm-hmm. from an external, once you're in, you can pretty well connect to just about all of your AV equipment and troubleshoot with somebody over the phone. And it's getting yeah. to where less and less you have to actually be there. And you can just say, okay, I'm in an adjustment. What are you seeing? Yeah. That to me, that that's huge. It doesn't necessarily require being physically present with all the equipment anymore. Yeah. That's the, that there was actually a <laughs> church front is a, uh, um, YouTube channel that, um, they, they do a lot of, uh, AV and tech videos for guys in, in, you know, worship ministries. And one of the things that they just, I didn't get to watch it yet, um, but I didn't notice it was one of their uh, video titles was about how to run sound, not present. And I was like, oh my, (laughs) that's, I mean, it's very possible. I could VPN and, do all kinds of things to our sound boards and to our um, sound in the room at our church. But I'm not there, like, without being there. I, no, I'm not that. I, I'm not that guy. There's, I, I need to be in the room. I don't feel right about changing anything, not being present. But it's possible. Um, and you're right. Like, that, that technology is growing exponentially. It's, I mean, it's funny to think about that one having its roots well before um, this uh, need arose, you know, AV was already moving into um, being able to remote into it because AV racks, if uh, people that have worked on AV racks know it's not easy if like when, when, when everything was analog, when you were, you know, messing with a, class A amplifier that had to be in a rack because it was just heavy and there was two cables going into it and two cables coming out of it. Like there was a, there was a time when you just turn a knob. Absolutely. And it was super important to turn that knob the right way and to the right number. But now, you know, you're talking about class D amplifiers and um, that are all, also having DSP inside of them and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's just a totally different world. Like it's not, it's not the same thing. And you've got, uh, FX racks that are 
not located in the same room as the um, as the sources that they're affecting. Like that's that's crazy to me. Like oh, yeah. it, it, it's just you know. But uh, and, uh, network cable has made audio so much easier to <laughs> to do. Absolutely, I remember hauling big uh, thirty-two channel snakes and having to untangle them all the way up the side of a room. That was not fun. Nope. Now it's single cat five cable. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. It's win. It's a win. Uh, and, you know, I love the Dante. Mm-hmm. I absolutely Dante's love that. Um, and we have started getting into some of the QSC. I forget their their name of it, but it's basically it's just, th- their version of, of, of Dante. And that that's amazing yeah, to see. Um, at that uh, conference that I went to, that we talked about a couple episodes back, um, QSC was one of the companies that I saw a uh, demo of and their ability to like, they've taken it into like installation um, information type things where they're like, no, uh, we're going to tell you, we're going to play the music. You stand there and we're going to tell you exactly where those speakers need to be pointed to what degree they need to be down. We're going to then take over, the array set up to make sure that the arrays aren't canceling each other out. So we're only sending certain frequencies through each of the arrays. It was like, I was super impressed. It got real loud in that little room, Mm. but they're doing some pretty incredible things. Yep. We need to get you to the shores. um, So you can see what uh, Jason has put together. Uh, Yeah. Basically he removed the the board there's no longer a board in the dining hall there is a a a rack mounted unit um i know he'd be mad at me for not being able to remember the specifics in the model but it's all configured via a web interface Mm -hmm. and then you use their app and so the staff have an ipad and it's they only have the controls that you give them and Mm -hmm. that's it they're, it's completely simplified and you don't have to worry about all the unnecessary pieces and somebody made an adjustment to the board and now we got to figure out what they did and get that back or find the backup and restore. None of that exists. They can only do what he gives them access to and that's it. And they can be that's anywhere, nice. anywhere in the room with an iPad and make whatever adjustments they need to. Um, that made me think, uh, hold on just a second. I know this is super unprofessional. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, um, looking at the, the QSC for like, uh, Alan and Heath also has one of these rack mount smaller units that you know you're you have some control actually over the unit. QSC has a bunch of mixers that are like the the touch mix um, style. Um, but he's probably talking about like the QSC MP M80 
eight zone mixer or the four four zone mixer that are are just like they look like Furman almost with the way that they're designed. Yeah, from what I remember, the way they There's work, no, it's it's no really control old. at the rack. It's you have to remote into them to be able to do anything with them. Yeah, it's really all about controlling input output, and it has yeah, so many output. ins and so many outs, and then you can get the expansion pieces that go in to give you the additional I/O, and then you're just programming it and saying, "Here's your controls." Mm-hmm. It's huge. You don't need. You know me. You don't need all the space for boards anymore. It, it, it goes right in the rack with all the IT gear. You don't have to have mm-hmm. dedicated spaces for a bunch of AV. It's it's really it's really interesting to see. Um, I know we're going to continue that that trend. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready to see more of that. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, I probably better end it here. I know we've been in, I hate to stop it because we've just been kind of flowing and, and going with it. And it feels like we're kind of hitting a stride and now we're shutting, yeah. shutting it down. Um, we'll continue that stride into next, next time. Yeah. So unfortunately, no I was going to say, unfortunately for this time, there is no. The Boostergram sound booth. Oh, bummer. We didn't get any. Boostergram. So no. we'll see what happens for next time. So, but um, I mean, it was, it was just Jason. Yeah, it was. It was just Jason. I'll, he's been I'll, busy. I'll be honest. Yeah. I've traveled back to Michigan, see family and everything, but he's back now. Um, Good. Kind of a teaser for next show. We're mm-hmm. going to dig into more AV concepts and some of the equipment. And in particular, we're talking about compression and compressors. And compressors, compressors, and all the the ins and outs. What do the dials do? What are the what are the, what is all of the, the different concepts? What what you is it? Stop the needle before it hits a certain psi. And <laughs> psi. That's, that's really all you need to worry about. <laughs> yes, there you go, there you go. Not the compressor I had in mind, but I'll take it. So okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just kind of a kind of a a, a tease, if you will, for what's coming next. I am trying to go through some of the videos out there that kind of dig into the concepts so I don't sound stupid when I'm talking in that show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, I'm, but I'm looking forward to that, to kind of get into that, see how many shows we have to do consecutively just to properly get through the, those concepts. Yeah, I don't know, because they, one leads into another Correct. so easily. Yeah, it's... We're saying words like compression and limiting and yes. gating and envelopes. And I mean, it's it's going to get hairy. It's an onion. Lots of layers. Pretty nerdy. <laughs> yes. Lots of nerd uh, dials on that one. Nerd knobs. So enjoyed nice. it, John. It's good to, good to get back to this. Uh, try to get this produced and out as soon as possible. And Thank then you, um, start uh, back into the research so I can sound educated in the next show. You're going to be great. (laughs) All right. See you, man. See you.